Once by the Pacific, the shattered water made a misty din. Great waves looked over others coming in and thought of doing something to the shore that water never did to land before. The clouds were low and hairy in the skies, like lots blown forward in the gleam of eyes. You could not tell, and yet it looked as if the shore was lucky in being back by cliff been being backed by continent and we stayed. Once by the Pacific, the shattered water made a misty din. Great waves looked over others coming in and thought of doing something to the shore that water never did to land before. Clouds were low and hairy in the skies, like rocks blown forward in the gleam of eyes. Met a point on stone. Happiness makes 
It is almost the year 2000. To start the world of old, we had one age of old, not labored out of minds. And some say there are signs the second such has come, the true millennium, the final golden blow to end it. And if so, science ought to know we well may raise our heads from weeding garden beds and annotating books to watch this end deluxe. Sarcastic science, she would like to know, in her complacent ministry of fear, how we propose to get away from here when she has made things so we have to go or be wiped out. Will she be asked to show us how by rapid we may hope to steer to some star off there, say a half-light year through temperature of absolute zero? Why wait for science to supply the how when any amateur can tell it now? The way to go away should be the same as 50 million years ago we came. If anyone remembers how that was, I have a theory, but it hardly does. Also, I forgot to say thanks to Vinyl Originals on Fillmore for these records. A lot of them were dollar, folks. If you want dollar records, get down there. They're not paying me to say this. MutinyRadio.fm Full out black plastic.
was blind, rain falling down. Look for my baby, she's nowhere around. Traced her footsteps down to the shore. Phrase she's gone forevermore. I looked at the sea and it seemed the same. I took it back.
找他的菜
I just want to say, man, that, uh, that a lot of... Uh, uh, just a second, Mr. Roach clip. Uh, yeah. uh, let, let's try it again, okay? Uh, we'll just take it from this top end and just relax. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know what I was going to say. Okay, yeah. I'll, we'll just take it from Mr. Roach clip. Okay, uh, ready? Right, when sure. I cue you. Sure. Looking out on the morning rain, I used to feel so inspired.
Yeah. 
with a free clinic. <laughs> hey, man, ain't that your old lady, man? Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Take it from me. <laughs> we got a soul brother here. A soul DJ come to us from Soul Station ASOL. <laughs> Would you please welcome the most right-armed man in show business? Right arm. Right on Washington. That's what I said. Let the man grab the friends, they be singing home. But his hope was wrong, and he should have known. Everybody's misused him, ripped him off and abused him. Another jacket plan.
series 10 years now and I've only played opposite three women a hatchet-faced sheriff's wife the chief's old squaw and that girl last episode who fled back to Philadelphia and became a nun which means found sand white eyes suddenly the masked rider thought he heard a sound in the distance wait a minute uh, I think I hear a sound in the distance oh you're right it wagon train. Here it come now. Hmm, but I don't see anything. Take off mask, White Eyes. It all right. I know who you are. Oh, yes. There it is. I can see it now. <laughs> you look funny with white strip around eyes, like negative raccoon. We'd better go down and investigate. Investigate? Me no savvy. What mean investigate? You see one wagon train, you see them all. But me go along. After all, me paid to keep eye on you by parents at home in Oshkosh. Hmm. Oshkosh. Nice name. Me like. Indian name. 
Slurring his magnificent speed, the masked man sprang into action. Not your line. Meanwhile, below, the wagon train drove into a circle. Look out for that circle! Look, up on that bridge, an Indian with a masked man. Look, he's riding with a heathen Indian. Anyone who's riding with a heathen Indian has no religion. I'll get my gun. You want my noble steed. Oh, trigger, rats. Trigger? Uh, you better wear hat in desert, Stone Ranger. Peace, brother. Look, funny hat. Beard. Must be hippies. You rock and roll. Don't be silly, Pronto. They are obviously meth freaks. Hey. You are both wrong. We are religious freaks. We are of the mammon faith. You mean you go to Salt Lake City? No, that is another sect. We are going to Reno, there to erect a mammon temple. You mean you're... Yes, I am Getem Young. Ah, uh, me could think of better pun. Not on radio, you stupid in... This is Radio Phil. In a moment, my program. But first, a word from our sponsor. Brought to you by Degenerate Mill. Friends, have you tried cornflakes lately, folks? They're cornier than ever. And for a surprise, mix them with molasses for a real cornball dessert. Big job cotton swabs give your ears sex appeal no matter where you use them. I love you. What? I love you. What? Here, use this. No, in your ear. Huh? Uh, allow me. Oh. Now, I love you. And I love you too, you itty bitty Scooby Doo. Yes, big job cotton swabs give your ears sex appeal, no matter where you use them. Pig beer. Drink big. Think big. Feel big. Drink pig. Get tanked. Put a pig in your tank. Gross out with pig beer. Hungry? How about a nice big lukewarm bowl full of tasteless garbage? Look good? Go ahead and try some. Taste good? You eat it every day. Folks, I'm Bob Crud, originator of the famous Tower Stores. Look for a Tower of Crud store in your area soon. Also, listen for our new radio show, The Tower of Crud Tower Hour. Come down Makes your eyes red just thinking about them, huh? Okay, Bob, I'm gonna make you do it. I'll give you $50. 
and 50 reds for your keys right now. Oh, take the red. No, I'll give you $1,000 in 50 reds. I want the hands. He wants the hands. Okay, Bob, here we go. Now I must remind you that behind the other two doors are narcs. Okay, Bob, here we go. What will it be? Will it be door number one, door number two, or... Or what? Narcs. There's two narcs behind the other. I'll take the red, man. I'm sorry, Bob, it's too late. You have to choose. What will it be? One, two, or three? Number three. Four. No, no, Bob, there's no, only no, three. No, no, no. <laughs> I know, you're, you're nervous, okay. One, two, or three? Two, one. Two, one. Oh, one. number three, man, number three. One, one two. two. Three, two,
Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are you on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on... The Whitewater Tyranny, Twitter and the Neoliberal Workplace. So, I've been off Twitter now for a month, the longest period in my life of me not using that site since I got my first smartphone in 2009 and started an incredible 13-year run of chatting absolute shite online. An astonishing achievement, even if I was forced to leave as a result of being banned for being beastly about that nice Mr. Putin. So, a month later, what are my thoughts? One of the things I've noticed most is how similar being on Twitter was to my last job before I went mad, caught Covid and became a crip. As you'll recall, I used to work in a call centre, and it sucked. And it especially sucked when our managers decided to outsource the work of the specialist department I used to work in to a centre in a country ran by a homophobic dictator because of his country's looser regulatory environment. Woo! Keep sponsoring those prides, guys! The new department I got moved to was busier, much busier, and suddenly I got the full experience of genuinely being battered by call after call after call. 
where once I had had time to do all the admin that I was required to do for each customer without having to take myself off the phones, I now found myself trying to get it taken care of in the course of calls themselves to minimise my hold time, all while giving the customer my full attention and having real conversations, obviously. It was stress of a kind I'd never experienced, and I've worked retail over Christmas. But the thing about a physical queue is that it has an end you can see. Even if more and more people keep joining it, you can work it down. All you see in a call centre is a number, and that number rarely goes down. And it hardly ever reaches zero, unless something's gone wrong. Oh, how we all used to pray things would go wrong. Of course, the customer doesn't see this side of the affair. All they hear is the hold music, constantly interrupted by recorded declarations that your call is important to us, reminders that you are 89th in the queue, and constant patronising interjections that this is so much easier to do online. It's no wonder that even the nicest customers were a little tetchy by the time they got through to a human. But let's be honest, this is Britain. Nice customers were rare. More common by far were angry, lazy, judgmental scum who more often than not just wanted someone to shout at to make them feel better about their own mistakes. Their own inability to remember that some places are shut on bank holidays, that debts generally have to be paid, that it doesn't matter how much money they have in their bank account, we could not, in fact, do things for them which were illegal and certainly couldn't agree to do that kind of thing on the phone. If you've worked in one of these places, you know the kind of thing, and the vitriol that results when you tell these entitled creeps no. And how did I choose to spend my lunch times and the 50-minute breaks I was lucky to work enough hours to qualify for? I spent them browsing Twitter. I mean, not the whole time. During lunch I'd usually do a little reading, whether on break or lunch I'd usually have to piss, but like most of us these days, I would scroll on the toilet and there were always notifications coming in, replies, retweets, and likes. I would sit by the canteen window, my lunch on the bar, a book in my hand, my phone laid to one side, but within easy reach like an ashtray, and every now and then it would vibrate. And because I was a trans woman on Twitter, the replies I got were often every bit as vicious, as vituperative, as vile as the abuse I would receive from angry customers. I'm not saying getting abused on Twitter is the exclusive purview of us trannies, obviously. You get the same kind of crap if you're black, or brown, or gay, or a woman, or espouse left-wing views. Regular readers will be aware I tick three of those boxes too, though it's by no means an exhaustive list. In a society which is systemically racist, sexist, misogynist, and riddled with neoliberalism, it would be a miracle if Twitter didn't replicate those dynamics. What's different is the speed. Just like the queues on the call centre phones, the Twitter queue was never ending. But the clever bit was, in amongst the tides of shit, there would be flecks of gold, a genuinely valuable reply, an incisive quote tweet, a diss that was at least original and well-constructed, rather than just some genitally obsessed weirdo yelling PENIS! And always, the steady stream of likes and retweets from good comrades. 
appreciation, interaction, dopamine. Look, odds are you don't need me to tell you how shit Twitter is. There's a good chance you've experienced it yourself. But that dopamine hit is why we keep coming back. My employer's internal propaganda told me I was a valued member of staff, and not just an emotional punch bag for the worst people in the country, but that was transparently fake. They didn't value me, they didn't see me as a person, they just needed me to fill a chair. But on Twitter, real people, actual humans, were tapping a digital heart and telling me they liked the things I said. They showed things that I said to their friends. They got in touch and said I made them laugh, and I got such feedback almost instantly. My employers could go on about how much they valued me, but Twitter showed me I was loved. And that was almost worth the times it showed me how much I was hated. Until one day, it wasn't. Slowly, imperceptibly, Twitter became more like work. Not just in the sense of having to wade through more and more angry dickheads every day, but in the sense of constant, hostile surveillance. All social media is a surveillance operation to some extent, obviously. A shout out here to the poor sod from the FBI who has to monitor Mutiny Radio's output. But just as they rely on us to self-report by logging in and giving updates, and because the internet will always be shit under capitalism, Twitter decided to outsource the problem of moderating the gargantuan quantity of information passing through its site to its users too. Sure, they had an algorithm as well, but they seemed to have relied mainly on reports from users, which of course allowed turverts and their fascist incel chums to run mass reporting campaigns on anyone from groups they didn't like who was getting too popular. It's not lost on me that the alt I moved to after my main got nuked only started to experience problems when my retweets started getting into the thousands again. Make no mistake, this shit is organised. You might even call it cancellation. But even before my alt got nuked too, there was no escaping the fact that Twitter wasn't what it used to be, because people I liked and followed were dealing with bans too. And sure, they were coming back with alts, but you had to faff on finding them. And people who didn't want to do this dance were forced to watch what they said to avoid having accounts, which in some cases they depended on for their livelihood, taken down. And meanwhile, of course, the abuse directed at us never stopped. Sometimes we scored victory, getting the penis botherer Helen Staniland removed, or sending Graham Linehan home to cry into his carbonara, but for the most part, it seemed much harder to get a transphobe banned for actual abuse than to get a trans woman kicked off the platform for using the word prick. Suddenly, logging into Twitter was a lot like going to work in the neoliberal workplace, a zone of surveillance in which you constantly self-monitor, policing your expression, and where you can't help but notice people whose faces fit never-face sanctions while you know you're being watched for the slightest deviation from the accepted behavioural norm. By the time they fired me, I wanted to get fired. And sure, adjusting has been hard. You do get withdrawal symptoms. How could you not? Your brain misses those constant little dopamine boosts. And even scrapping with turverts has its chemical reward, the adrenaline of conflict, not to mention the dopamine from people retweeting your disses. Suddenly, that's all cut off, and Facebook is shit metadone. You twit. You paste. 
you drum your fingers, you start playing Wordle again. You think about buying a burner phone, setting up a Proton mail address and starting over, but why? You'll probably just get kicked off again. There are, however, benefits. I read a lot more now, and when I read, I read for longer, because my brain is growing less and less habituated to the need to be constantly checking my phone, which I sometimes leave in the other room when I go for a piss now. Such social media as I remain on has a slower update pace, especially given that I tend to police my friends' list elsewhere much more carefully than I did on Twitter. I can watch whole films without interrupting myself now. It's too early, I think, to say what it's done to my writing. There is a discipline you develop as a writer from having to fit your thoughts into as close to 280 characters as possible, especially if you eschew text speak. But on the other hand, I now find it much easier to lay out a longer argument and write from point to point, even in a Facebook status update, and the last two entries on this blog consist of text from Facebook updates, which I thought would benefit from being easier to find if I need to refer back to them. I hope that I am staying the right side of prolixity here. I don't know if I'm less angry. Sometimes I feel more rage for not having the outlet. But overall, and importantly, although I miss the interaction with some individual tweeters, I don't miss Twitter itself, despite having been on it since 2009 because Twitter is no longer the site that I joined in 2009. It hasn't been for quite some time. on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Ah, let's watch a full-length movie on you. Hello, welcome to Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube, a.k.a. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Thanks again for having me. I'm ready to roll. Now, you act like, yeah, I'm really happy to have you here as my co-host. It's like my a millionth appearance on The Tonight Show. Thanks for having me, Johnny! <laughs> the perpetual guest. Okay, we're gonna we have a great show for to you tonight. After we get Carl out of the way, we're gonna have <laughs> from Better Call Saul, Rio Seahorn. <laughs> but first, Carl. Hey Carl. Hi Mike. How are you? Let's do Carl, Carl's head. being humble up front, calling himself guest for the show that he wrote the theme song you just heard. He has researched this movie we're gonna watch today, and he has interviewed a celebrity 
comedian. So I feel like I'm a guest. We're here on MutinyRadio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We have a new neighbor. Well, we have a new neighbor. Uh, our twelve, our, our noon slot is now found round sound oh, from right. Scotto. Uh, as you know, we are big fans of Flat Black Plastic, his other musical radio show. And, of course, we love the promo for Flat. Uh, how's it go? Oh, Harry Hooligan. It was like, uh, hey, the dude abides. Remember, it was like mixed I up I haven't heard that. the new. Uh, yeah, I've got it. I know Yola. what you're talking about. The old one. I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I better not chime in. Okay, well, it's Scotto. Scotto is great, great artist, does a lot of collage stuff. Makes me miss the studio, so uh, we're glad to have him. So make it an afternoon, listen to Mini Radio starting at noon, listen to some Found Round Sound, and then listen to us. We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. That's the title of our show. Uh, and uh, Carl, what is the movie this week? This week we watched Terror Train, 1980 Terror Train. Oh, I like this movie. That is what you put in the YouTube search engine. And the channel we like is Out There Movies. So simply put in Terror Train, 1980 in the YouTube search engine. Find it. The movie, we, the channel we like is Out There Movies. Press play. Press play. You're going to have to say accept, you know, graphic content or adult. Oh. Is there graphic content on Terror Train? In terms of murders. Ooh, I like murders. All right. So here you got a big thing to do. We want you to go to your YouTube, type in Terror Train, 1980. 180. You're going to find Out There is hosting it. Go ahead. Out and There click Movies. Out, out there, there Movies. Click the link. Hit pause. As Carl said, move it to 000. While you're on the internet, sign up for our podcast at LWAFLMOYT. And while you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, where Carl syncs the movie to this thing. So I had mentioned Carl, as a guest, has produced the show. And he also spoke to a comedian earlier this week uh, to do our Celebrity Comedian Countdown. Take it away, Carl. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Taylor Andrews. Welcome, Taylor. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's great to be here. I'm really excited to uh, to be able to count from three to one. It's uh, not many people who can do that. So it's I gotta a remember skill to go. set we chose you for. We wanted <laughs> you on because we had heard of your counting skills. Here you are. Now your name is Taylor Andrews, right? But it's not really. You went under. You underwent a name change. Tell us about that. Why did you make that choice? Yeah. So it's interesting. I um. So, I mean, I had been doing comedy for a couple of years under my original name. Um, and then it started to run me a little bit of issue in work. So, actually, it ran me into a couple issues with my job. I originally went by uh, the Bear Dude online. Um, and it was kind of my alter ego. Um, but for some reason, everybody could still find it. <laughs> when I was coaching, um, I kind of ran into an issue um, where all the kids kind of found one of my TikToks and they did not like it. I met with the coaches um, and they were just like, I mean, I, I was coaching the college level. So I, it was kind of like they, they kind of had to deal with like what I was doing in my own time. Then I got into my next job. I, I started teaching uh, at a high school and a lot of students kind of found my content, same thing. And oh, the high school incident, that's the one I want to get into now. I think that they found you naked in a bathtub. <laughs> Tell us that story. Tell and, and, and go through how it you, you came into the classroom. There was, you know, then you're with the 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 
They're in, you're in the office with the principal. T- tell us about this. Yeah, so I was half naked. I want to make I want to make this very clear. I have never been naked on camera. I've actually never even sent a nude. Now you were doing a music video and you were in a bathtub. Tell tell us tell us what it was, and then how, when you walked into the class and they all knew. Tell us about yeah. it. Yeah. So I um. So I, I'm a musical comedian. Um, you know I do regular stand up comedy, but my bread and butter is creating songs from jokes. So I posted it um, probably in February. Uh, and about March, my coworkers found it on YouTube. Um, and they actually showed up to one of my shows. And I was like, oh no, like I'm, the, I'm getting fired. Like this is the end. Uh, and I was talking to one of the guys after. He goes, nah, dude, don't, like, don't worry about it. Like it's totally fine or whatever. Um, so then some, some girl was on my Instagram page and she literally goes, Taylor, and she shows me a video of my, I'm holding on my phone. Uh, she shows me a video of my regular stand-up comedy. Uh, and then uh, I was sitting there, it was second period. Um, I'm sitting in my classroom and like five kids barge in. And I was like, what is going on? I'm a kid, he pull, pulls up his phone and it's just the video of me. And like, I'm in the bathtub with my guitar. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh shit, like this is it. Um, so then... I went outside and I was like, all right, what's going to happen? I got called into the principal's office, right? And they said, uh, do you know why you're in here? And I said, yeah. And I just basically explained, I said, listen, like, I'm a comedian. This is what I do. I'm trying to make it as a comedian. The, he was like, uh, but like, what about the pornographic content? And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> and he's like, the porn. And I'm like, what porn? I was like, I've never posted porn in my life. Like, I, I've... As much as I would love to be a porn star, like I don't have the I don't have the gear for it, you know. So I, I um, I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, listen, like this is what's happening. I already know what's happening. Watch the video, and they're like, ah, like we don't want to watch it. I'm like, but like if you don't watch it, how you know what I did? Right. So uh, eventually, I got sent into the assistant superintendent's office, um, and then he goes, listen, I'm gonna hit it to you straight, um, and then he's like, you can either you can either resign. <laughs> Or I can, we could fire you right now. I was like, let me ask you a question before I make my decision. I was like, did you like the video? Right. Uh, and he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll resign. That was what I needed. Um, <laughs> just got a letter in the mail a couple days ago. Um, it's a, uh, it's an order to show cause um, for this specific situation. So basically, they're saying um, there's a potential that my teaching license gets revoked because of it. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so it's it's really an interesting situation. Well, you're so, certainly in our community and everything now. We all love you and know you. The, the way you do the guitar is a very unique way of being a comedian. And we have a common friend in Anthony Quinn. Welcome to Quinspiracy. My name is Anthony Quinn. All right, yeah. you're on Late Night with Anthony Quinn. Now, what you did on your own, independent, without anyone asking you, is you just came up with a rap song for Anthony. Oh, yeah. And you're doing shoots, and you're making a video now. I, t- tell us about the rap video with Anthony. What inspired you, and, and what is the process now to make this thing happen? Yeah, so I think, I think it's interesting, because comedy, we spend a lot of time alone, right? And I, I've always kind of... I've thought about that because like we all have such different brains because everybody just kind of works on their own. And it's almost like you're, you're kind of screwing up um, the ability to create something amazing. So I was, um, I was sitting, I was at a show uh, with a couple of guys uh, and somehow Anthony Quinn came up in conversation Mm -hmm. and then somebody goes, wouldn't it be funny if he was just like a rapper? Somebody else goes like, we should make a music video. I, like, like we're doing this now. Like, this is this is happening. So, 
I was like, I will text Anthony Quinn right now. I texted Anthony Quinn. I said, Anthony Quinn, do you want to make a rap video? And he was like, he goes, Anthony Quinn's down for anything. And I was like, perfect. You know, and I think Anthony Quinn's got such a great facade. He's got such a great personality. Like, uh, so that's I kind heard of- your demo of the song and it's really good. Yeah. And then I heard the rough cut with Anthony singing it. <laughs> and it's really good. It wasn't mixed well, but I mean, I heard, you know, Anthony and him doing the lines. It's really mm-hmm. going to be a hit. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. And I, I know you said, like, you wanted them to perform it or whatever, but, like, I guess to me, it's, like, it's an unfinished product right now. Well, it's after it's done, we'll, we'll we'll put it on Late Night with Anthony Quinn. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, my vision was he was just going to lip sync the song, but we'll talk about it. Like, if you oh, want yeah. to do the video, how would we go about it, et cetera? I think it'll yeah. be a big splash. It'll be yeah. terrific. Now, Taylor Andrews, how can people find you out there on the internet, on YouTube, on on social media? You got a website. Give us the dish here. How how can people connect with you, see yeah. your shows, and check you out online? Yeah, yeah. So, um, if you follow me at Andrews underscore Comedy, um, that's the place to follow me. So, I Instagram, TikTok. I'm starting to work on. It's not- I've got two music videos, uh, Cam Girls Live and the OnlyFans Campfire song. If you want to see the music video that got me fired, that one is Cam Girls Live. Taylor Andrews. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same time as we do in the studio. That means we all must press, press play at home at the same time we do in the studio. And that is why you are here to give us that celebrity comedian countdown. All right. Am I doing it? I This is no pressure. I've been training as a musician for this moment as well, just to be able to do quarter note beats. You ready? Ready. All right. Three, two, one, go. Thank you, Celebrity Comedian Countdown. That was very cool, very interesting. I can't wait to listen to it when it comes out. Let's start a movie. 20th Century Fox. Oh, forget that. We got rock and music, right? Yep. Now, 20th Century Fox, I mean, this was an independent film. They bought it to distribute because they didn't have a slasher film in their catalog. That's crazy. 1980, they had none. That's right. And they spent, yeah, right, because horror was going around at this time. And they spent a lot of money on the promotions, you know, like posters and commercials, etc. And they made it a hit. This thing made money. Now, in this fraternity party, you could tell the old guy immediately in the in the group. Yeah. It's like sticks out like a sore thumb. Now, look, they're going to burn their banner. Yeah, it's a new year, Carl. You got to burn the is old and bring is? out the new. Yeah. Well, those books aren't going to burn themselves, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> you ever go to a book burning and, like, some dick brought a candle? I know it's environmentally unfriendly. That is your joke. I know. I love that joke. This is the Jewish fraternity I pledged, by the way. (laughs) What? Locks, locks, and locks. Yeah. Locks, locks, and locks. We got all the yarmulkes. Now, is that we? I've seen this movie before. David Copperfield's in this. Yes. Now this guy here. Yeah. He's getting set up for a prank. He doesn't know it yet. They have put. They're going to make it like he's going to sleep with Jamie Lee Curtis, but really they put a cadaver in the bed. You see, these are med students, okay? Whoa. And they're freshmen. According to this story, they're freshmen right now. Carl, have you ever done a stunt like that? What? Have you ever, like, for shits and giggles, put a corpse in the bed and told them (laughs) this? 
I haven't, but I don't have access to the morgue like these guys do, you see. This is our second medical school movie we've seen. We've, of course, seen Stitches, directed by Alan Smithy. Right. I was going to say RoboDoc, but that was not a school at all. No, well, there was a lot of learning on this 